Today's guest is Carrie Mansfield, organizer of Carrie Mansfield Coaching. She is a nutritionist that loves to educate on plant-based nutrition, and her channel is diverse and has interesting guests as well. She is a podcaster called Creating a Sustained Plant-Based Diet to Raise Energy. Topics of discussion, getting family on board with healthy eating transitions on plant-based dieting, meal planning, preparation, and more. Please give a warm welcome to Everblast, Carrie Mansfield. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So I want the listeners to know a little bit more about what you do, who you are. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me on. I'm a plant-based nutritionist, so I work with people to get them eating more plant-based foods. I've been vegan for over 11 years and I've been in the nutrition field for over 15. So I really just love helping people find fun and interesting ways to get those plant-based foods into their diets. Because even if you're not vegan, even if you don't eat the traditional type of plant-based meals, the way people think of them, not enough people are getting enough fruits and vegetables or fiber and other plant-based foods in their diets. And there's also the environmental and animal impacts. And there's just so much involved with eating more plant-based foods. And most of the people that I work with are interested in improving their health. And it's a great way to just get them on a path of getting these great foods into their bodies so that they can feel better. So I really enjoy that piece of it. I love your journey, your passion in regards to other people's well-being and health specifically now. So what made you drive in this direction as getting in depth and understanding the eating and eating lifestyle specifically for plant-based. So what was the reason why you chose this direction in the occupation or career or path? Yeah, it was over 15 years ago. I went to school for nutrition. And when I graduated, I had my first son. And then some time went by and being a young mom and well, I guess I was young at the time, but maybe not so young for other people. And then edu- getting educated on different ways of eating in nutrition. When you go to school for nutrition, at least when I did, they cover vegetarianism, they cover veganism. And at that point, it was very just brief. They didn't give a lot of information on it. And then I believe when my kids were, I had a second son and I stayed at home with them and I was watching Oprah one day and she had on... Uh, this will date me a little bit, but it she had the episode on where her office went vegan for mm-hmm. a week and it had, you do. <laughs> and yeah. So at that point in time, I'm watching it. I have been an animal lover my whole life, but I'd never even up at that point, I think I was my early thirties and I had never even dipped my toe into vegetarianism, even though I loved animals. And I was watching this episode and I remember hearing Alicia Silverstone talk about cows needing to get pregnant in order to give milk Mm -hmm. so that we could have it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And it just, it really was just one of those moments where something just clicked and within like, um, I just dove into reading and documentaries and just all this. And, and then I was, I went vegan within, I will say within a few weeks, but I, there was a transition period where I was, you know, trying to go back and forth because I had a background in nutrition. I wanted to make sure I did it properly and was still getting adequate nutrients. And I didn't have the whole family jump on board at the same time because no one was 
wanting to, and no one really, they were kind of seeing what I was doing (laughs) and they were watching me and I wasn't, and it wasn't really about them. It was about what I was doing. And then it took, like I mentioned, I was a stay at home mom. So it took some time before I got back into, I went back to work and in the nutrition field. And when I ended up moving to Texas, I'm going to skip a few years there. We, I was looking at jobs and I just, I knew what it was like to work in the hospital setting. And I knew what it was like to have them kind of dictate what they thought was an appropriate diet for Mm -hmm. patients, which I did not agree with. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started to think about, well, maybe I should be starting my own business and doing so I can actually help people in ways that I think are going to help them. Yeah. You pinpointed a lot of the reasons why I became vegan. I love that you were able to have that awakening moment in regards to listening to it on Oprah Winfrey and Alicia Silverstone, which is like my all-time fab. She is amazing. And I think she's been doing it for quite some time. And when she had that book out, I was like, oh my gosh, but I was vegan even before that. But yes, when I found out a lot about how milk product is being produced and having the cow impregnated multiple times throughout her life and then right after birth ripping the calf from her but then using it to produce and to give to humans and I was like that is just the most if I could see myself like visualizing someone doing that to me like you continue to have me pregnant for the majority of my life and then ripping my child from my arms. I mean, to me, that was heart-wrenching just to think yeah. about that because, I mean, I have three boys too. And just to have that thought, someone can do that to me too. And actually, there's a lot of women who are having that done to them where particularly on the circumstances in different countries, you know, they have them um, only using them for uh, a baby factory, in a sense, I, I don't know how I can't I can't put it in a much nicer way, but to use them and then to give their children for adoption for money. It's like the same concept. Um, so yeah. it was just infuriating to me and how we can be so cruel towards animals. And it's like there is so many alternative ways to get the appropriate lifestyle and eating habits and to have you involved you also have a little background in holistic nutrition as well so but it's the best choice for people to to even just think about it and take it one day at a time or or whichever they may be because it's a great health benefit and you've mentioned it before you know hospitals have done that and um luckily i haven't been in a hospital besides labor and delivery. But even when then I was sitting there like, are you trying to starve me? Because there's no alternative options outside of you slapping on a pork chop and uh, some gravy and butter and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, I can't, my body can't digest that. And I found out that we're, you know, being a minority person of color, we have a higher um, percentage of lactose intolerance genetically in our in our DNA. So when I found all about that, I was like, oh, my gosh, no wonder I'm like 340 percent lactose intolerance. So <laughs> yeah. true. but um, yeah. what is the best piece of advice you've received either before you became gotten more involved in nutritionist or during or after? You know, it's funny. I Thinking about advice that I've gotten, I 
I can't think of anything specific during a conversation. I am a voracious reader. So like there's lots of quotes and things I've read through there. But when I think about kind of how I got here with nutrition, I think about my grandmother and she used to always tell me, she'd say, Carrie, don't ever get old. And while I haven't figured out how not to age, I'll let you know if I ever um, figure that piece out. But she, <laughs> she didn't take care of herself. I mean, she ate really not so great foods. She smoked. She and she ended up living into her 80s, so she lived a relatively long time. But as she got older, her health was just so diminished that the last decade or so just wasn't pleasant for her. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of, well, I guess that's not really a piece of advice per se. It sort of. I think on some level instilled in me that I really wanted to take care of my health when I was younger. So as I did get older, I didn't have the same ailments. I mean, you can't hundred percent. I mean, we do have genetics, but they're, they're coming out with so much information now with epigenetics and how, what we eat can affect our, mm-hmm. um, affect our genes. And so we do have a lot of control over how our life turns out and how we age and what genes get turned on and, or not. So I really, in the back of my head, I just think about her telling me not to get old. I don't think it's about aging per se, just getting older. Cause we really don't have a choice in that regard, but mm-hmm if there's choices we can make with food, with dealing with stress, moving our bodies, having healthy relationships and just making these choices so that we can age in a way that just helps us have energy and just live and be able to move our bodies and stay active as we get older. And I think that makes all the difference. Oh yeah. It makes a lot of difference because in a sense we are aging gracefully I like what you mentioned about the types of genes and that are switched on and switched off based on our eating habits and what we consume and, and, you know, what we put in our bodies. I love that you have the plant-based and it's um, organic and it's, um, I try to steer away from the highly processed, but there's times like, like I said, I'm driving eight to 10 hours at night. What's open at 24 hours? Guess what? In Texas, Whataburger, maybe Taco Bell because they're open till two or three o'clock for the munchies. Yeah. So I always, it's like, I don't have alternatives, but it's just uh, the thought. Um, I'm the only vegan that I am aware of in my whole family. And being a Latina, you know, raising a Latina, it's very, very hard to kind of put in someone's mind the traditional ways of making tamales and and um, bonuedos and empanadas you got to put in the meat you got to put in the grease you got to put in all this and this and that but the whole point is is that um it is been a journey um trying to get myself to stay on track i have been a, a junk food vegan i have done the raw vegan because I was a marathon runner. So I went all through that. And it's like, everybody asked me, where'd you get your protein, man? And you're like, dude, you know? So one of the things I would love to like debunk or to just kind of say, you know, the myths in regards to veganism or um, plant-based diets, like what are the things that you always get someone to, to spit out? Like when you start talking about the type of eating lifestyle that is better and health benefits. Like, 
what is the first thing that some people, you know, spit out to you? Like, oh, you know, whatever. What would be that? Do you know, like the most common comments that they say to you? You know, the one I probably get the most is cheese. Like, how do you live without cheese? Like, how do you? And it's funny because one of the people that I first started following when I went vegan was Colleen Patrick Goudreau. And one of her, I'm not, I'm probably going to butcher the quote of what she says, but something she says is, is just about like, you know, if you can't live without cheese, go vegan, but still eat cheese. Like if there's certain, if there's a certain food that you just cannot imagine living without, you can start getting rid of the other. So you don't have to do everything at once. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything hundred percent. But the other thing, as you were leading up to that, and I'm just thinking, I really think think that I've been super fortunate that I have the most supportive family and friends that you can imagine because I too, like when I went vegan, no one else, I was only vegan. I I didn't know any vegans when I went vegan. Um, And it, and I lived in a really small town in Connecticut there. I had to go like 15 plus minutes to a grocery store. And it was, it wasn't the easiest thing at first, but my mom quickly we'd go there for Sunday dinner. So she started reading herself. She's like, Oh my goodness, what am I going to feed Carrie when she comes over? And she started making new recipes and she started learning. So like within two or three years, my mom became vegan. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. And my husband at this point, I think he understands me more, but in the beginning, he didn't really understand what I was doing, but he's just always super supportive. So he was in the beginning. I still had, the kids were small and we'd have certain meat products in the house but at this point, I really, um, like you mentioned before, with actual animal flesh, I, it really repulses me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm fine going out to dinner with people. You order what you want. I won't look at your plate. I will. I can be okay. But in my house, like, I kind of think of it as my little sanctuary. So I really don't like to have animal flesh in the house when possible. There's If it's in stuff and I don't have to see it and it's kind of probably a more processed version of it. I can be okay. Or if it's something takeout that I'm not looking at, but besides that, like we have cheese in the house, like we'll have dairy cheese in the house for the kids, but it's really been nice that even my kids, they're teenagers now, and they've been, even their understanding of it, they don't, they again, don't hundred percent understand what mom's talking about half the time, but I think it's opened their eyes and their, um, and their just the way they talk to other people and, I remember one day my son coming, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but he came home from, he was in middle school and he's like, mom, I don't even remember who what the teacher's name was. But it's like, mom, Mr. So-and-so's vegan too. And I'm like, who is that? And he's like, it's my substitute teacher today. And I'm just sitting there going, how did you manage? I mean, usually kids don't really find out information about their substitute teachers, but somehow this <laughs> came up and he had this conversation with how his mom is vegan with his substitute teacher. But it's, and even my friends and family, I mean, when I would go to potlucks, I would just bring what I wanted to eat and then people would try it and they'd be like, wow, this is pretty good. Like every now and then be like, Ooh, this is a little too crunchy for me or too, uh, <laughs> too healthy tasting. But overall I would try to make things that I knew other people would probably like. And nine times out of 10 people really enjoyed the food that I made. So it just made it so they were more open to it. And as long as I didn't go on tirades of, oh, I can't believe you're still eating what you're eating. No one really cared about what I was eating. I mean, they would just genuinely ask me questions and be curious. And it has been, even like I mentioned, I was in Connecticut and now I'm in Texas. Even moving here and meeting a whole group of new people, 
no one, I didn't get any weird. I don't know if anyone said anything after they met me, but to my face, everyone was totally nice. And even some of the first people I met, they gave me recommendations like, Oh, I went to this restaurant and I, they have, they have a vegan burger on there. If you ever want to go, or we should go out to lunch. I know this place. And these people weren't vegan or vegetarian. They were just very open-minded and very just caring, really great people. Oh, that's awesome. I love baking. And actually, that's one of my side businesses that I'm trying to start. I'm trying to start it. It's been in the works for about two years. Once I actually have some time to do it, it's going to take off. But yeah, that was, um, but I love baking. And But the, people have their different levels. And I love the dedication and the passion on the level of you know, loving animals and how inhumane humans have been towards them. Um, it's just, we have our different ways of supporting it. And the way you're doing it is one way of supporting it. My waves, et cetera, et cetera. And you're hundred percent correct. I think, I think people have different ways of being activists and for the causes that they believe in. And I've, and I think everyone is justified and we need all of them. Like you can't, I think the people that are more in your face activists, we need them. And the people yes. that are more silent donating money, we need them. And we need people activating through food and just talking to people. So I think everyone, no matter what your cause, no matter what it is, people, I think where everyone has value. And if you shame people for their, if you think what they're doing isn't enough, you're really closing the door on people that could really blossom into something beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What trait, uh, what trait do you like most about yourself? I would have to say would probably be that I think I can, I do a good job at seeing other people's point of views and other perspectives. Even if I don't necessarily agree with them, I can, I like to have conversations with people and see where they're coming from and see what their motivations are. Because I think if we just don't have conversations with people we don't agree with, we're not going to get anywhere. And if we just try and push our agendas on other people, that's not, that's not going to get us anywhere either, because they're not going to be open to anything we have to say if we're not open to what they have to say. So I think being able to have conversations with different types of people and just kind of holding space for people to get what they believe in off their chest and sort of opening the door to have conversations. I do think I can do a pretty good job at seeing, I live, I live very much in the gray area, which I'm being vegan. People might not think that you can have a gray area, but with, but with every aspect of life, like just in general, even I could still understand, I could still try and understand people that are coming from different perspectives. That's awesome. Now I've heard about this because uh, I know you were previously about, you know, some people who might keep cheese in their in their diet, but they can go vegan. And I know there is um, I think there's something they call it the 80-20 or the 60-40. I'm not sure. Have you heard of that? I'm not sure. Yeah, they can't I, it's kind of like that where they can go some days all vegan and then have a cheat day or or I mean <laughs> no, well, that's. I think that's part of the problem too. We have as a society, we just want to label everything. We want to put people in boxes, and we yeah. want to, and we want to be able to say, "Okay, you're this, you're that." And I think it's important for certain things, just so we can understand certain things. But 
when it comes to things like this, I mean, the 80, 20 rule is good for overall eating healthy, no matter how you're eating. If you eat well, 80% of the time, eat mostly plants, eat a lot of whole real foods. And then 20% of the time, maybe you have some animal products or less healthy options. There's, and you can do that with no matter how you're eating. And it, it can be a great place for people to start because they even have where maybe you don't eat any animal products at the beginning of the day, but maybe at dinner, you want to have some. I think it's a good way for people to kind of be introduced to plant-based eating, whether that means you're, you're switching your dinner out or your breakfast or your lunch, just take, making set, small steps wherever you can is, is pretty beneficial. So the next question is, because I was just talking about baking, cake or pie? <laughs> I have to say cake. I I definitely like cake. I mean, I like pie too. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, I know. Food is, but, yeah, especially when it's vegan, it's like, oh my gosh. But yeah, that's just me, my preference. Um, cake or pie. So what would be your favorite type of cake that you like? I like a lot of cake. <laughs> just put it in front of I, me and I'll just. Like, I know there was, there was one that my mom, I haven't had this in forever, but I think I did veganize it at one point. And it's funny, you mentioned pineapple earlier today, but it's basically a yellow, like just a yellow or white sheet cake. And you use like a baking sheet. So it's just a thin layer of cake. And then there's a layer of vanilla pudding and then a layer of like crushed pineapple and then there's like a cool whip type of topping on top. Oh, and I know, and I do have a vegan version of cool whip now, which is not the most healthy option. I know, either, but, but believe we're me. talking about cakes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually made my own. Um, I like those DIYs. I love watching those DIYs when it comes to like making your version of um, just egg or making your version of whipped topping. And I would like take the fava bean foam and just go crazy with it. So that's how you do the cool whip. <laughs> I have not done that yet. I'm oh. going to have to. And you just add powdered sugar to it? Yeah, or slowly. And then you cut, you just, you whip it till it's like a, a frothy egg whitey look. I know that's really bad. It's an oxymoron, but um but then, of course, you you take one of those um, spatulas and you just slowly fold it in, just gently. Oh. It's almost like a like a lemon meringue kind of a thing. If you've ever seen them, how they do it very gently. Yeah, oh. I'm not good with gentle. But I'm gonna have <laughs> to try it. I'm so hungry right now. I don't know. What just, hurry up! Hurry up! <laughs> so, I love making pies. I think because I, you can taste my love in. In something that I do, I love making pies because it, it takes longer, but I love the details in a pie. Mm. Like I do the crust, homemade crust, like oh, wow. yeah, vegan butter and the you know the whole spiel and roll it out. You know, just the touch of I'm doing something good and I'm not harming anyone in the process of it. Kind of a good. Mm. So I love working with my hands when it's like satisfying. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's definitely like when you're making the, when you make it from scratch, the crust up, I mean, that's definitely love right there. It's, it's just flaking off like, oh, but anyways, mm. here I am. Like I haven't had, <laughs> I, uh, talking about food. <laughs> Speaking of food, if you could eat only three <laughs> foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? <laughs> 
Oh man. I, it's funny because since I am in the nutrition field, like people, when I ask questions like this, I think like, I'm like am I supposed to say three healthy foods? Like, do I have to say three healthy foods? Um, but I would say probably avocados would definitely have to oh, be on there. Me too. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Peanut butter. Yes. And chocolate. Okay. I was thinking of Twizzlers, but okay. Oh, <laughs> I found out, good too. Yeah. Cause I found out like doing research or reading articles, like those are all accidentally vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them. And because of the, my lifestyle, the way that I was constantly on the go, I would not sit down and eat a proper meal. I had like these to go snacks and, and, it's, and instead of thinking correctly and having it prepared, I went from doing all of that to just replacing it with a bunch of dried almonds for snacking or carrots for snacking or having raisins. I loved just like people just like, are you eating again? Like I (laughs) like I split up my meals. I've noticed how my body works. Metabolism is it has a lot to do with keeping at a level of weight. I noticed that I have to split up my meals. The American way of eating food, we eat in bulk. Like we just got to like in Texas, we got to pile it up, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, we don't make, you know, the last three or four slices of a pizza. We got to make sure that we get the last of everything. And then, you know, don't want to come back for seconds. We just want to like, you know, consume so much at a time. I've learned to split up my meals throughout the day, having a little niblets of nuts of sorts. I love some cashews. Mm. Very, very good. But yes, yeah, so my three things, if I could like, you know, mutate a tree to have 10, 10 types of fruit together, I would take that fruit and be like, that's one. No, it's kidding. <laughs> no, it's kidding. <laughs> but yeah, avocado is fantastic. Avocado and toast. Oh, yum. Mm. Oh my gosh. With a little sesame seeds on there and um some yeah. garlic. Yeah. But I wanted to also address too that on your website you have cooking demos, you have a pantry cleanup, you have the grocery tours, you even have a free ebook about plant-based eating. How can our listeners connect with you online? Yeah, well, my website is just carriemansfield.com, www.carriemansfield, M-A-N-S-F-I-E-L-D.com. And I also have a Facebook group, Sustainable Plant-Based Eating. But if you go to my website, there's a link to that there as well. And everything's on my website, I think. So that's probably the easiest way. And yeah, like on the sustainable plant-based eating group, I just like to post tips and strategies around healthy eating and plant-based recipes and things like that. Awesome. Awesome. And then you also, you provide services as well. So what type of service rundown do you, do you help with your prospective clients? Yeah, well, I do one-on-one coaching. I have a kind of a one-off program. It's more people that want an intensive hour, hour and a half of sitting down, coming up with a plan. And then I make myself accessible for a week or so for support as they start implementing. But so I do that with some people, but more, most of the people I work with, it's a six month program where we meet every other week, either online or in person and just come up with a plan and have action steps to really keep people on track with eating more plant-based foods and incorporating healthy habits. Because I mean, 
even with plant-based eating, it's not a quick fix diet. It's not something that you do for a couple of weeks and lose a couple of pounds and then you're set. I mean, that's, you have to have these habits really instilled and really keep with them for your life, their lifestyle changes. That's not to say you can't have, you know, treats sometimes like the cakes we described occasionally, yes. but, <laughs> but overall you want to make sure, you know, where, once you have that cake, you know, you want to go back the next day to maintaining some of these healthy habits so that you can just feel great and have energy and live the life that you want to live. So as part of that, I do, you mentioned the uh, pantry cleanups I do with people or grocery store tours for depending on where you are in your health journey, I work with people that are just starting out and they really need help with label reading and seeing what things they should be putting in their pantry. So we go, we can go through your fridge and your pantry and see what should be tossed, what we need to put in there and going through the grocery store. And we just take a trip and go through and look at some of the things that maybe you've been eating and finding healthier versions for and things like that. That is so awesome. I need you. I mean, we might have to do, a, I might have to do like a virtual tour with the groceries and like, cause some of the things in the, in the ingredients on there is very deceiving. Mm. I've noticed that a lot of you probably as a nutrition have noticed that there is ways that they try to find an alternative name for a animal product in a, in a thing to kind of deceive people. And it's very cool that you have that as, as an option for the grocery store tours, because there's a, there's a lot of deception on how things are labeled. And, you know, if you want to stay on track with the lifestyle, you know, you got to know the ins and outs about the grocery store. You got to know the ins and outs to, to pinpoint. And that the other thing is that um, they're kind of getting good at is that they're now putting bold lettering on some of the packages where they just blatantly just say contains milk or if you have an, an allergy of some sort there's yes. it's in a peanut factory you know you would you'll be probably differentiating between uh, a product if they're looking specifically to go um, plant-based and they don't want to have any type of animal product you probably be able to help them um, decipher that so that's that's amazing to have you at you know as a guide so that's Wonderful. I am so happy to meet you, Carrie. It's just been a pleasure. You too, Jasmine. It's been so nice talking with you today. Yes, ma'am. You have a wonderful weekend. And thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palooza Zion Podcast. I'm Jasmine Castillo, also known as DJ Jim Jam. If you are wanting to be promoted on my podcast, Please reach out to me if you are a small business, entrepreneur, musician, or artist. www.jasminecastillovoice.com Stay tuned for the next upcoming episode.